0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 475. Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy, alongside Johnny V. I like numbers divisible by 25. Well, four seventy five. It you are
1: like in business. Because we have the 25th anniversary of the USDGC, so this kind of just...
0: Yeah, you're it, almost double the age of 25. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So that works as well, and welcome in, and obviously, we know we're catching a few people off guard here a little bit tonight, coming in an hour early, if you are watching us live, if you're, well, if you're listening to the download, you didn't know any better, but uh, right now we are an hour early, so welcome in, and we've talked about this kind of at length, that one of our big challenges as the year wears on and as we get into the latter part of the season. Our players, usually the winners and/or top contenders, that we're most likely to be talking to, understandably find that starting a podcast at 10 p.m. or later East Coast time can be a little bit of a challenge. So,
1: unlike you, it has no problem starting at 10, 11, <laughs> 12, maybe 12, whatever,
0: whatever works. Not everyone's a night owl like I am, so we. Uh, We're happy to work with Holland Hanley, who's going to be joining us here tonight, and we'll get her insights and thoughts as, of course, we're going to recap the Throw Pink Women's Championship along with the United States Disc Golf Championship. Pretty wild weekend, and I think after leaving here last week, and then having to spend, like, five more days with you. I don't know how it's fair that I have to be back. You are so lucky, Terry. You sure you didn't want to take tonight off? I'm sure of it, Terry. Well, good to be here. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, that's what's going on. Uh, We also, we did, did just chess with test with holland a few minutes ago i believe she was uh working on some other she might have even been on another podcast so some of you may have already watched some of that action but uh we're gonna have her join us as soon as she reconnects and i'm gonna send her a message right now it looks like she got kicked off for a moment And we'll see if we can get her to reconnect and then join us. And we'll get right into it with her. She's obviously a very busy woman. Uh, Plenty of things going on here this weekend. And uh, everyone's geared up for a pretty intense weekend, I'm sure, coming up as we're going to head into the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship, where they've already announced that we're going to see a $40,000 first place paycheck for both the FPO and the MPO sides. That's incredible. Another big paycheck on the line. Our friends at Barbasol, put it on your face. They're, uh, they're on board again this year as huge contributors and uh, incredible partners. So with that, it looks like we should be just about ready to go. We're going to let the cat out of the bag. Looks like <laughs> Holland actually has to let the cat out of the room. Our champion from this weekend's throw Pink Women's Championship, none other than Holland Hanley. Woo! Hey. <laughs> hey, long time no see. How you doing?
2: I know. I'm doing good, are you?
0: We're good, but we we just simply had to travel across the country to get back home via planes. And so our travels are nothing like the travels that are typically for our players, although you're only about 30 minutes or so. It's from, an easy one this week. Yeah, where you played. But oh, yeah. so you've <laughs> had a whirlwind, I'm sure, of other... Uh, expectations and and a, I, don't, I don't want to call them assignments uh obligations i've got to assume uh what you been up to the last couple of days
2: uh i mean mostly practicing honestly uh i've done a couple of i've done a couple other podcasts but they they haven't been they haven't been too long or, or anything crazy like that so i mean <laughs> Honestly, it's been mostly business as usual. It's just uh I got a lot more uh, Instagram notifications this week than I normally do.
0: <laughs> I I can bet. What what does that Well, first of all, if I wasn't clear enough, congratulations, of course. We we were Thank able you. to say that to you in person and and got autographs from you and and pictures and hugs and all that. So congratulations again, but when it someone does reach out, is there is that overwhelming almost to get that many new followers and or friends or messages that pop up?
2: Uh, yeah, I didn't even try to go through all of my Instagram DMs. It was way too much. Um, I was doing good to get through text messages. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got off the course and I, I usually keep my phone on. Do not disturb, took it off. Do not disturb. And I was like, I can't even start to go through that right now. It just
1: shook (laughs) for an hour is all it did probably after you took it off D and D.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah i think sure. i'm gonna share a great uh a great idea for everybody that should be a little piece of content with with maybe semi blurring your phone or something is as a player like yourself taking it off and then somebody else recording watching just a million messages mm-hmm. come in and just your phone exploding i think that would actually be something pretty cool that could be done after the end of almost every event um is anything stuck out at you? Uh, have, have people come out of the woodwork, or or maybe non-disc golf friends that that immediately caught wind, or is there has there been any kind of crazy messaging?
2: Um, nothing crazy. I mean, there's a few people uh, this year, just kind of throughout the year uh, that I've heard from that I hadn't heard from in a while. Um, I think Worlds got a lot of got a lot of attention. There's been the occasional you know person I haven't talked to since high school who's gotten into disc golf since then who's reached out um this time around though it was it was a lot of people you know from uh the disc golf community that got me started back in california a lot of them reached out um some family members and then some friends that i i still keep in touch with
1: so on a scale of 80 to 90 percent how much of this do you owe to terry miller who's you know (laughs) who was one of the first people to film you and (laughs)
2: I know, I know. Oh, jeez!
1: Right? I only mentioned because someone on the board jokingly asked as well that you were one of the first people you know that Terry came back from after seeing you a few years ago. He's like, "Wow, I saw this woman named Holland, and she's going to be good. She's yeah. going to be really good, John." And I'm like, "I always trust Terry's uh, general takes on players. I do, honestly. Very true." <laughs>
0: I, I, if I was better with Statmando Mando or someone, we sh- yeah, I would look to look up how many days that's been since you and I met each other. Maricopa. Um, w- was that going to be yeah. going on... Th- will that be three years in January or will that be four already?
2: I think it'll be three because it was 2021 Maricopa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that leads to the more important point is 2021, you're winning uh, uh, an A-tier over B-tier. Jennifer... B tier, okay. Sorry, over Jennifer Allen and Katrina Allen. Uh, clearly, of which I had taken note and was out there and, and filmed the last few holes. You're winning that at the end of 20 or at the beginning of 2021. Now we're you know moving into the end of 2023, and you have a win of this magnitude. Mm-hmm. How does how does that resonate? How does that sit? How does that feel for you?
2: I mean, yeah, it's kind of wild because honestly, uh, with that B tier, you know, I didn't. I was just like dying to play. It had been COVID and things had been shut down in California for so long. I was just dying to play. And I thought it was cool that, you know, maybe I'll get to play with Katrina and Jen. And it was just like a shock that I was in the lead after one round. And then kind of a shock that I held on to it uh, the second round. Um, and honestly, it, it was a little shocking that I was in contention the final round here. Cause I didn't think I would be, <laughs> um, but you know, obviously I've, I've grown a lot as a player since then. And so the, the kind of feeling of like, you know, coming down the stretch and, and, and such is, it's a little little different uh than your local B tier, we'll say. <laughs> yeah,
0: and one of the things that you said after the fact was that, kind of alluding to what you were just saying now, you, you hoped you'd wake up and have a solid day, maybe find a podium spot or secure yourself, you know, somewhere there. Kind of, at any point, does it creep into your mind? Like, oh, wow, I, I have a chance to actually take the entire thing down. Was that at all in your mind throughout the round as you're putting together a solid championship Sunday?
2: Yeah, not, not really. I mean, I knew I was having a a good day. Like I knew I was shooting really well. Um, And I'd kind of like, you know, I always go the night before and I'll kind of look at the leaderboard and see like what's, you know, I'll set kind of a realistic thing to kind of fight for, to kind of push for. Um, you know, be like, oh, you know, only five off the top 10 or five off the top five, like that's possible. And I'll kind of like have that in my head, um, just to kind of give myself something to, to compete for. And I looked at that and I was like, you know, back from the lead. And I'm like, the odds that four those four players are all gonna like, you know, kind of sleep on the last round really, really low. Like surely one or two of them is going to do really, really well. I could probably catch one of them. Uh, if not two, I felt like that was pretty realistic. So I was thinking just like shoot a good round and that's probably a a reasonable result. Um, and then throughout the round, like when I was tempted to look, uh, I was kind of thinking like, either I'm going to look and I'm going to see that I'm in contention or I'm going to see, I'm like, you know, on track for my goal. And I'm going to start to get a little nervous from it because I didn't feel nervous at all. Um, or I'm going to see that despite shooting really, really well, um, that I'm not actually moved at the leaderboard very much. And I'm going to be kind of disappointed. And neither of those were things I really wanted to put on myself. <laughs> so I just kind of like, it was like, we're just not going to check like un- until something changes. And I feel like there's a reason to check. I'm just not going to check. Um, and then by the time we got through whole 17, like I could tell the energy around me had changed. Like the crowd had been like gradually ramping up, like how loud they were cheering for, for me, um, And so like, I knew something was up and like, at that point I started to feel the nerves and I was like, well, I already feel nervous. I might as well check. And that's when I saw that I had two strokes.
0: How does that philosophy, and I appreciate you breaking that down. So how does that philosophy differ from any other tournament? Is that basically the way you go into a final round or compare that to maybe just a few weeks ago at an MVP or really any other tournament you play?
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends because sometimes I'll use, you know, I'll use checking or not checking scores kind of as a tool um, to get myself into the headspace that I want. Like if I'm already there and it's not going to like that information's not going to positively impact me, I won't check. But there are times where like, you know, I'm kind of having a slow start or I'm thinking that like I'm not doing as great as I would want to. Sometimes checking can kind of like kick my butt into gear a little bit. You know, I can look and see, you know, so-and-so is only a couple oh, strokes yeah. ahead of me, and I've got this much left. Like, let's chase them down. You know, I can kind of use it as a motivational tool. And then there are times where I think I'm playing, like, way worse than I actually am. <laughs> and so, like, checking in and seeing, like, actually, you know, it's, you're not – it's you didn't move 10 spots down the leaderboard. You're actually only this – or even if I did, it's like, actually, if you can put together and, you know – the next five, six holes really, really well, this is how you can climb back. So I, I'll use it to like help refocus. Um, but in that particular instance, I felt like it would have been more of a distraction.
0: And what is the, you know, with all of that in mind, what is the kind of agreement you have with your caddy slash boyfriend or, or fiance, boyfriend?
2: Uh, boyfriend, yeah. Boyfriend. he Tyler, he, right? What kind of, What's your agreement? Like he, he, yeah, he keeps an eye on things. Like he knew since hole nine, what the situation was and honestly props to him. Cause I had no idea how nervous he was.
1: It's a great actor right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that would be hard. Yeah, would,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. We talked about it later and he was like, honestly, when you're playing like that, I just let you go. Like, I don't say uh-huh. anything like, and if, and if I, if he was going to say something, he thought long and hard about whether or not it was a good idea to like, make <laughs> or, like say as anything. all men should. Um, um but, uh, yeah, generally, like he always keeps an eye on it. Um, and then, you know, I kind of decide if I want to see it or not. Because, um, like, the whole, like, him just telling me something based on his interpretation of the situation, that usually just leaves me like
1: more questions. Like, well,
2: what, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. 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 yeah like, sure. well, what does
2: that mean? Well, you're and, good you know, here. So yeah,
1: Don't worry about it. You're good. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're like, what do you mean? I'm good. What? I mean, how good am
2: I? I?" Yeah. Yeah. I would honestly, like, it's better if he just like doesn't say anything unless he like really, really thinks I need to start taking the situation uh, into consideration. And like, that's usually, there have been very few times this year where that's been the the situation. Usually by then I kind of know that like, I should probably start checking, you know, whether it's being in contention or trying to push into, you know, the last, top 10 or or whatever I'm trying to push for. I usually always kind of check around like 16, 17, around there. Um, Basically, it's like if I think I need that information to make decisions, I'll check. Or if I need it as motivation, I'll check. Otherwise, I just don't check.
0: And and I guess I was thinking, too, there's probably, I mean, there's definitely worthwhile situations. Even if you're not in contention for a win uh, on a given event, you might be comfortably, we'll say, in third, you know, and you're you're three behind second and you're three ahead of fourth. So it's like, you know, maybe pars just maintain that good space when you only have, we'll say, two or three holes to go or whatever the case might be. Like, those are the instances where I think it's, you know, can be so much more useful to know. So you're not unnecessarily running oh, yeah. at things when they really can't improve your situation much.
2: Yeah. Or on the flip side of that, you got a buffer and you're not going to catch. Maybe you'll catch person ahead of you. It's like, go for it. Yeah. You know, like try to get an eagle, try to get a highlighter or something. Because um, there have definitely been times like that where I'm like, eh, how aggressive, you know, like do I re- There, you know, there, there's some finishing holes where like eagles are possible or trying to throw it in is possible, running hard putts is possible. And sometimes I'll lay those up. But if it's like, eh, I'm only two back of second and fourth place is like four behind me, I may as well just run it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Now, the last maybe thing on scoring there is – at At some events, and this has evolved throughout the years now, but at some events like this one, there may be an actual uh physical leaderboard that's walked that goes along with a card. sometimes that's just lead cards, sometimes that's chase, sometimes they're not there. Every event is a little bit different, and how that role has kind of grown and 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 shrunk throughout the last couple of years, largely due to everything being on u disc but is, is there a way that you're purposely trying to as well like avoid that? You know, physical leaderboard. I mean, usually I think you're in front it's of actually, it. But.
2: Yeah, it's harder to see that when you're on the card than you'd think. Okay. Because they're usually behind you and they're facing the other way. Yep. So like, it's actually really hard to see that leaderboard. You kind of have to try.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Because I I think about that. You know, and clearly you you know you're not necessarily you know eagle eyes like searching out for it. But then all of a sudden you catch a glimpse of it. and You're like, ah, I didn't want to look. And then I didn't know if that would be yeah. a problem or or not.
2: Well, it. Yeah. I mean, if I do if I do catch a glimpse of it, I'm just like. You should be able to handle knowing what the score sure. is. Like you sure. can, you know, decide if you mm-hmm. want to actively go check. But like at at our level, like you should be able to handle knowing the situation.
1: And yeah. for this event, you didn't really have to worry about that because all the top players were on a whole different card. All you would have seen yeah. is your card. So true. Th- yeah, know, we w- we would not have seen which the first well this is the i mean granted we've only seen this event for a few years but you're the first player to come off a chase card first fpl player to come off a chase card in one of these mm-hmm. larger events we'll call major like major ish major adjacent whatever they want to call this event it's an a it's a it's a super a tier um how to just having that statistic under your belt how does that make you feel
2: i mean that's pretty that's pretty sweet um i mean i it's. I feel like it's been possible a couple of times this year because, like, the field's getting so good. Um, so I feel like in years past, it's always, like, you know, one, maybe two people kind of run away with it. But the fact that, like, the field's even good enough uh, that we can have five, six people in contention, um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more chase card champions, like, in the in the coming year or so.
1: How does... It's cool.
2: I get to be the first, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. Someone has to be the first. No, nobody better than you. How... <laughs> Did you, do you think, or let me me try to phrase this different way. Think about Holland from three years ago or two years ago or whatever, whatever you want to look at versus Holland one week ago, three years ago. Did you think I'm going to have a major, or I'm going to have a huge event win in the next two, two Mm -hmm. years or so versus last week. Were you thinking, why don't I have my big win yet? Or like, what were your expectations from when you started just a few years ago to, like I said, before this particular event, like, do you, do you, did you have the same kind of thought, like, oh, it's coming, or were you kind of, like, starting to, like, no, I, I should really have one by now?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's that's an interesting question, as I mean, when I started, like, I had really had no aspirations to tour. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. tease me about it all the time like when I came on... <laughs> A couple years ago, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not going to tour." And then, like two weeks later, I was like, I'm "Going on tour." Yeah, you like- liar! You <laughs> fooling liar!
0: You. Hey,
1: things change real quick. Yeah, because <laughs> life comes at you. Fast. Yeah, I mean,
2: I had, I you know, it it was something it, I didn't even really let myself think about uh, up until, you know, weeks before I I quit my job and decided to go on tour. Um, and then at that point, you know, I I didn't try to. It, it was kind of like I knew it would happen if I put the work in because I knew. Like I knew then like what my, I knew my ceiling was going to be plenty high enough. It was just like putting in the work that first year on tour was more, the goal was more just like get to a second year on tour. Um, You know, don't finish well enough that this is like a, a financially stable like option. Um, And then this year, you know, seeing how many top fives, tops tens I got and like knowing kind of skill wise better where I stacked up, I was like, you know, just keep working and it's a matter of time and, and you'll get it. And then the crazy thing was like, I feel like I had multiple times this year where I played just as well as I played this past weekend and it just wasn't enough. That's why it was kind of like shocking when I look and I'm, I'm leading because I feel like I've had multiple times where I was able to kind of get into that zone and be playing really, really well, but it was just like one, two, three shots that, that really cost it for me. Yeah. Um, So like, I don't know. I try to not think of it as like, oh, it took so long. But a funny, funny story actually. Before the round starts, um, the the guy who's doing the announcing, he's like asking each of us because uh, he he wants to say where we're from and like a notable win from the year. And he's like, hey, do you have any notable wins that you want me to say? And I was just like, nah, you know, because I hadn't really, I don't want anything yet. And I was like <laughs> joking with Missy, I was like, hey, you know, maybe next year.
1: Um <laughs> There you weren't you weren't alone. I sat by that uh by the score or by the callers podium a little bit and you weren't the only one to not have a big win under your belt trust me but what
0: would have been the the move is to say <laughs> 2023 throw pink women's championship right. see if he would have caught it
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that,
0: that would have a, been
2: pretty funny that mm-hmm. would
0: have been uh, that's poking the discourse in the eye a yeah, little bit. yeah that would have been a little that would have been funny it. but definitely yeah. cocky too so uh yeah, what no, what that's uh,
2: never,
0: never yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ray, uh, ray on our board asks
1: from from the time you lied to us and said you weren't going on tour to now, <laughs> is has does this validate your decision to go on tour? Like, do you feel like now a hundred percent this was the right move for me? Does did this win change that idea, or or a, a month after going on tour did did you think no, I made the right decision here?
2: Yeah, I think I validated my decision to go on tour a long time ago. Yeah, um, yeah I think. I don't know if I can really pinpoint a single time, but, like, there was never, like, I was looking at it more from, like, a money standpoint, right? It's like, am I losing money or, or earning money here on tour? And, like, I was in the green at every point last year. Like, I made cash everywhere. I got top tens. I mean, I, I think my first event last year at, at Vegas, I got a top ten. Um, Maybe the thing that, like, really solidified it was maybe the, the world's finish last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm you know, getting like shooting a 10 down at Jones and and that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I never really, I never had a moment where I was like, was this right? It it was kind of like I made the choice and then we just full steam ahead. And there was never really a moment where I was like, okay, yeah, we're good. This was the right choice. It was just kind of always right. I don't know.
0: Because it's so, you know, widely discussed and talked about, where do you, Place this, and and how does it feel? Again, as we just said, you know, it, it technically isn't a major. A lot of people say it feels like it does. I'd obviously love your opinion because you've been playing in so many big events, majors, elite series, and so on and so forth. How does it feel to you? And and follow up to that is how how are your sponsors treating it?
2: Um. Well, my sponsors are treating it like a major win. I mean, I talked to Bob on the phone today, and he was like, "Yeah, when you put your bonus in, tell him it was a major." Um, And I kind of knew that was what they were going to say because that's what they they told Missy, you know, two years Mm -hmm. ago when she won. Um, So in terms of how everyone around me is treating it, it certainly feels like a major. Um, It was like a little weird, like when I'm standing on the stage with Kyle and like we're getting the trophies and like we kind of did the equivalent thing, you know, him and and MPO and myself Mm -hmm. and FPO. Like we did the same thing, four rounds at Winthrop, Mm -hmm. beating a stacked field that had to qualify um, I think like our field was really only missing one person due to injury. Like it's as competitive a field as you're going to get. Um, and then to take it down in four rounds, like that definitely felt like a major. And yet it's like, he's called a major champion and I'm not, it's like weird, especially when you have us like standing right next to each other. And like, we're <laughs> signing autographs next to each other and he's putting like, you know, one time on his signature. And I'm like, technically I'm not really supposed to do that. Cause this wasn't a major. It was just like kind of a, a weird moment you could have done, like,
1: yeah. TPX1X or
2: something.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, yeah, you're, you're still some, a one-time champion of this event. yeah,
2: Yeah, some, some. some people did ask for, like, the one-time, and I would put, like, throw pink on it, yeah. you know, because, like, I'm not trying to jinx it. No, <laughs>
1: no, no, no. And if anyone ever questions you... You know, pull out the caddy bib and say, listen, it says PDGA Major. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm just... Not there. It
2: does.
1: <laughs> yeah. It does I know say it PDGA does. Major. You're
0: right. It does. <laughs> there- and, yeah. and the PDGA also took a lot of heat for that. And
1: It was a simple mistake on the PDGA side because they had the throw pinks mm-hmm. versus the USCGC. And I think they just put the same stamp on the other side of them. So a
0: little... I, I, they,
2: they got us the bibs kind of late, too, because they were still... <laughs> they were handing them out at the tee on, on day one. They weren't part of the player's peg, so...
0: Uh, so you just touched on something that generated a new thought in my idea, believe it or not. As you said, stacked field, and we could have that argument again another day as to, well, we'll have that discussion in a minute about the majors and, and should it sh- or shouldn't be and what that looks like. But you, when you did say stacked field needed to qualify, just like the USDGC side, and then everyone there essentially except for an injured Paige Pierce uh, dead on there. Mm-hmm. And then you think about...
1: Yeah, but uh, I say we swapped out Paige Pierce to this event for Elie Ezra, who throws just as far as Paige.
0: okay Yeah. Yeah, maybe further. <laughs> yeah, um, but obviously one of the... Favorites and the the now nine ninety eight rated two time world champ in Kristen, I, I just just now pulled up your stats. Do you know roughly what you are against Kristen in in events you guys have played both played at against one another? Any you idea? Mean
2: like how many times have I have how many times have I like beat her? Have
0: you bested her versus how many times she's bested you? Yeah. Any idea?
2: I, I think it's three times I beat her and I've tied her once.
0: Uh, you're spot on. You're you're like an internal Scott mando. <laughs> I keep
2: track of these things too.
0: I, I guess. I think Damn. Every, but
1: honestly, it's kind of. I mean, she's she's the FPO equivalent of Paul Macbeth. I bet you you can ask almost every MPO player how many times have you beat Paul Macbeth, and ninety percent of them will be like. Four <laughs> or, or, or like one or whatever they yeah. Kristen Tatar is the same thing I think with F- I get piano. it. So yes, you are yeah, exactly and I right.
2: Can, I can tell you when I did it too. Like, okay,
0: I, <laughs> I, I believe you can then. Uh, yeah, and I just quickly pulled it up uh, just for the sake of this. Yeah, three twenty two and one. So obviously three times uh, you bested her. This being one of them this weekend, and then you have the one tie. Uh, again, using the term I don't I I, hate, I don't know validation is quite the right phrase, but. Oftentimes, when, you know, someone is or isn't in a field, this time it was page was the other most notable. Sometimes those phrases get sent out uh, or, or get blurted out of, oh, it didn't feel like the same or it wasn't as gratifying. I mean, you beat, like you said, everyone, including someone who you've only gotten past two other times. Does that feel any more rewarding? Does that matter? Um, especially the fact that you took her down in a playoff.
2: Yeah, I think it would have felt validating playoff or no, because uh, to be that many strokes behind her um, and to come back is wild. Like, that's not mm-hmm. really something, you know, if I'm six strokes back of almost anyone else, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. But I'm six strokes back of Kristen when she's playing pretty well. Like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. really expect that. To ha- I don't expect her to sleep on the final round. Um, not to say that she played bad; she still shot four down. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like that. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. does make it a little bit more special.
0: Okay, and and part. Just to be clear, part of this comes up because on an MPO side this weekend. Well, at one time we were hanging out with Simon Lazat. It was Sunday night after everything was said and done, and he said, "It just still doesn't quite feel like a major." with Paul's not in the field which was just an interesting statement mm-hmm. for someone as good as Simon to Who still say about someone who's you know injured he said it just didn't feel like a major without Paul there and I thought that was kind of an in- or really I mean I think that's just a lot of respect that obviously Simon is showing for Paul and that's kind of what led me to that now let's let's backtrack to another thought you just said a moment ago which is there's obviously a lot of chatter and hype on the boards and the conversation about everything you just said with regard to the, the the challenge, the difficulties, the four rounds, the you know qualifying. Is it absurd to think of having a fifth major for FPO and maybe MPO only remains at four of them? Uh, or or can you see any other reason? Or does the USWDGC could that be? Uh, a large a tier that still gets bid on. And then this becomes a major instead, assuming they even want it to be, what, what are your just thoughts on all of that?
2: Yeah, I definitely want to, I mean, I like us women's as it is. I could see an argument, you know, for making it an a tier for us, but keeping it maybe a major for all of the other divisions. Mm. Um, cause us women's is a really special event and I don't really want to see it diminished. Um, but yeah, it's it's just weird that throw Pink's kind of isn't, isn't a major, um, you know, for all the all the reasons that we talked about. I don't think it's crazy for us to have a fifth major. Someone told me earlier today. Apparently, the LPGA has uh, in golf has yep. five majors, and the PGA only has four.
1: That is true. Um, so
2: you know, if if the you know the supports there and the the finances and like the, the pay, we're able to have payouts for them like that, then. Um, I'd be fine with us having five majors um but yeah i don't know it's 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 weird that throw pink's not a major.
0: um and, and to be fair uh, you know not to dismiss anyone uh you, you, throw pink re- had has quickly evolved and stepped in. And became very big, very quick, just in the last few years there's there 's clearly not the twenty five year history that we have behind right. you know the the u s d g c the u s women 's has been around for almost as many years or just as many years so i, I and i'm so i 'm not i don 't think there's you know I understand why we are where we are that I guess the question is right. can we change can we evolve and and I will personally probably agree with the two of you then in saying like Oh, I'm good with you. If it came that way, that FPO had five majors and MPO (laughs) only had four, who cares? Like, I personally am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said to somebody else on site that day. I, I think women have been oppressed in general for enough years that, <laughs> in a, lots of other ways. That if this, if you get an yeah. extra major, not that this makes up for it, but uh, uh, I don't know. Right. I Trin- made that up for a hundred years of you guys not being able to vote. I don't know, like the, the- a hundred. Wow, <laughs> where well, your just, creation is? Um, I'm just saying. Well, and
1: on on top of that, MPO ha MPO had five majors. At one point, Paul swept them. The year there was five majors, so this isn't mm. unusual for disc golf to have five majors in a year. So I don't see. A re- it's why just
0: not. funny. Like we want to follow so many, so many traditions that golf and some other sports follow. But then we're then we always argue we want our own identity. It's like so what? Let's blaze our own trail and make some of our own rules. We don't have to do yeah. everything just like everyone else does. What?
2: Right. Definitely.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I guess we'll see. And and, and let me also say like that's up to Sarah Nicholson, right? Partially that's up to, you know, other powers that be, you know, all we can talk, yeah, all we, want. I think, we need yeah, everyone else to buy. There in. seems
2: to be a lot, there seems to be a lot more that goes on, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> that's kind of keeping the throw cords cards out. At least that's the vibe that I got, you know, kind of chatting with people after the tournament finished. Um, but I know like there, there are people who are trying to make it happen and get it turned into a major. So,
0: Well, I guess that's the next question is, you know, what, what if I'll just get silly for a second and say USDGC happens one weekend, but throw pink happened the weekend before the weekend after, if we want to keep it at rock Hill, Mm -hmm. I, 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 there's just so many logistics. And I think about, you know, you know, probably what you're saying is, what was there? 36 FPO players. Like that's, that's a pretty small yet stacked field. I, I guess I'm thinking of logistics, this late in the year, sunlight, et cetera. Yeah. I yeah, know.
2: and also personnel, you know, splitting the personnel like that. And exactly. I mean, this was all questions that were brought up when we thought we weren't going to get our events during, you know, the lawsuits and we're going to have to potentially go to mm-hmm. alternate sites. And, like, the thing that was discussed there is, like, there's this really nice symbiotic relationship right now with MPO and FPO. And I think both divisions benefit from being – in the same location week to week. Like, um, you know, that's a discussion that I feel like it's had all the time is like, you know, are they going to split off into separate tours at some point? And, you know, maybe they will, but I really don't think now's the time. Um, yeah. Cause I, I don't know that there are enough women on tour full time to like fill up an entire day, mm. um, you know, of, of spots and then, Obviously, a lot of people come. You know, they take the the one weekend, the you know, one or two days off of work to come watch the whole mm-hmm. show, and then you're asking them to come, you know, back separate weeks. And then there's the whole matter of how many MPO and FPO players actually tour together. Um, so there's there's a lot of reasons I think that keeping MPO and FPO together as much as possible is is the best way to go for now.
1: Yeah, I don't see splitting up in the next five years because, like you say, we need more no. FPO. Regular on tour players, which means we need more money, Mm -hmm. and so we can support more FPO players on tour. And then at some point, Mm -hmm. you know, the FPO division is going to start getting bigger, and the MPO division will probably start shrinking up for a little bit until we can support two tours. When at that point, then we can make both divisions a a good solid, like 120 players or whatever it is. But I could see the Mm -hmm. MPO dropping down to like 80 players while the FPO expands. And then once you get to that point, it's like we just physically can't cover two events in one weekend, uh, live broadcasting or something along those lines. So I think there's a lot of, there there are definitely a lot of logistics to go through before we do that.
0: I'm thinking of the logistics. I've just took a left turn into our, how many non playing non, we'll say competitively playing Caddies, do we have on the tour right now? A there's a hand, of quite a few. Mm. Being your, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, being your significant other, Tom. hmm Jamie and then,
2: Macy's husband? Jamie,
0: yep. Yep, yep, Owen's husband. He's on and off the tour. I know we kind Justin. of yep. mm-hmm, Justin, Justin, I'm I'm just thinking there needs to be some kind of uh, battle among them too. Uh, so then there's my follow-up: Who wins? <laughs> Who wins if we take? All of the oh. full-time caddies, put them on the two or three cards that they should be on. There's eight or ten of them or 12 of them, let's just say. Who uh, who, mm-hmm. who who you put money on?
2: Oh, man, that's hard. Uh, I haven't actually seen Jamie play, but I okay. have played with Tom and Justin. So I don't uh-huh. really know how, how Jamie would do. I would think, you know, if we're comparing Tom and Tyler, because I have seen them play against each other, I think Tom's maybe a little bit more consistent off the tee, but Tyler's the better putter.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, and I, I think ja- I I think Jamie's pretty good. I'm not sure, but I yeah, think he's pretty good.
2: Yeah, I, I get the feeling he's pretty good too. I know the gatekeeper was doing like a series of um, like couple battles. Yeah, and uh, they did do one that was uh, you know me and Tyler in a doubles match against Missy and Tom. Um, it was on the open at Austin course, and uh,
0: okay, so yeah, uh, and uh, the board the board does nail it. Doc Zen is right. Uh, Yuli's caddy, Brad Hammack, oh, uh, a world champ. Yeah, I guess if, oh, if he's yeah. in the mix, uh, he's not a significant other, which I didn't clarify, but uh, yes, he is a full time caddy on tour. So, I, I yeah, Yuli's caddy, the uh, the world champ, Brad Hammock, would probably have the uh, the upper hand in that battle.
2: Yeah, he'd probably, t- he'd probably take it down <laughs>
0: no more than Okay, it, it should be a series nonetheless or, or some kind of challenger exhibition out there. Is there anything? Either in the, yeah, is there anything in the off-season, and I don't know if this weekend's paycheck changes this, but is there anything in the off-season that would surprise us if you told us something's either going to happen or you're going to go do something or you're not going to do something? Is there anything in your upcoming upcoming off-season that would surprise us?
2: I don't think so. Um
0: so, what are you doing? Yeah, I,
2: nothing. Nothing that I know of uh, that I am planning right now. With, I think would be shocking. So, <laughs>
0: what, what does it kind of look like now? I mean, you know, I don't want your, you know, your your campers' uh, address or anything, but wh- where do you? What do you see yourself doing in the off season?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, so Tyler, Tyler's family has a ranch uh, in Oklahoma. That's where off season last year, and that's probably okay. where we'll spend the bulk of the season, uh, the off season this year. Um, I have a thing I can't announce yet, but that will require going down to Austin for a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. doing a pretty cool collaboration, some cool content coming out, um, that, yeah, again, I can't announce it yet, but it'll be good. Um, so I'll be spending probably a week or two down in Austin, um, doing that, visiting family and probably practicing the courses while I'm down there. And then, um, the plan is to put in a course at the ranch, um, cause there's, there's some really cool pieces of land with some good elevation and some woods. Um, so I'll probably be doing that kind of early, early on in the off season, to let my body rest and focus on that. And then, uh, I imagine we'll try to go to Florida kind of early, um, just cause there's a little bit better courses there than what you get in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Um, just to get some variety, get some sunlight and, uh, and, uh, get, you know, start getting ready for the season. So nothing crazy.
0: And, and since you can't say it. Johnny and I are each going to take a quick guess. Uh, I'm guessing off season uh, special thing you can't announce yet. And this is nothing more than a guess. I'm thinking instructional clinic with one Holland Hanley. You got any ideas, Johnny?
1: Yeah. uh, Funny. I was going to say something because I was speaking with some of the cameramen and I know they're going down to Austin. I know some of the cameramen for DGBT actually uh, leased a place in Austin over the, over the off season. And it could have something to do with that. Like, i know the pdga today just announced like a 70 percent discount with pulsea so i'm wondering if it has something to do with that or some sort of maybe a tie-in but i think instructional stuff that's what i'm guessing because or she's going to be
0: in big brother austin disc golfer style oh yeah reality tv i don't know all right oh god (laughs) (laughs) no way (laughs) who would you hate to be stuck with in a house who would you hate to be stuck with in a house what other goal? I'm
2: not trying to start fights here. <laughs> Come on. I'm not oh, trying to you start you didn't fights. fall for it. No, no, no. Just say Ella. Just say I Ella. I have to play with these people. <laughs> I know. I didn't, say, I
0: didn't say FPO. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some... Anyway, all right. You didn't fall for that one. Obviously, as Johnny just referenced, Ella, good friend, and there's been the bet that has been uh, talked about. It looks like uh, per Ella and some uh, posts here... Uh, on the Instagrams that we're putting up now, a uh, a bet has come to fruition. The wager.
2: <laughs> yep. Let's talk
0: to everyone about uh, I, how, how you guys I made arrived. That video,
2: by the way. <laughs> nice. Of course, you did. <laughs> My editing job. How,
0: how did? How did this? Explain in case somebody somehow doesn't know what we're talking about. Explain what we're what we're uh, referencing here.
2: Yeah. So actually almost exactly a year ago, uh, it was after the tour finale last year, we were, we were just like hanging out and uh, we were talking about, you know, where, what courses did we think we could, we could win on and, uh, and all that stuff. And then I had suggest I think I suggested it of like, do you want to make a bet on who gets their first elite event win or, or better? And uh, she was all for it. And we decided on, you know, winner picks the loser's hair color. And then we kind of worked out the finer details. We decided it's got to, uh, silver events aren't going to count, um, mm-hmm. just cause sometimes they're really competitive. Sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, field count field mattered. And then we decided throw pink would count because it's going to be, you know, as competitive as any uh, elite event or major. So that was, that was the bet. It was any elite event or major or throw pink kind of an in-betweener, um, and then yeah she she made good on it we died we stayed up late sunday night raven klein helped actually i say raven klein helped raven klein did everything she did literally everything (laughs)
1: except for filming for instagram was she wearing her easter outfit when she did it please tell me she was that was Uh, an awesome outfit
2: (laughs) (laughs) that outfit was great yeah we got her we got her like this uh this yellow and pink like towel poncho when we were hanging out in myrtle beach because she couldn't be there um, but no, she was not wearing that. She was wearing gloves and a t-shirt. She was okay spilling some dye on. Um,
1: what yeah. is it? Really disappointing for you that Ella pulls that off so freaking well. Uh, she like she rocks, Dude, doesn't it. she? She does, and it's 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 like yeah. dis. Like look at this. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it here real quick. This is badass. Whoops. This is badass right here. She <laughs> she she rocks it. Like yeah. you could have picked a Dude, such she a worse. So good. She, you, you should have picked well, such I like a her, green or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I said pink because I won throw pink.
1: Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, it know? makes it a sense. It makes it a lot sense. of sense.
2: Um, and then she, she went and picked out all the stuff from the salon. Cause like, I don't know how to dye hair, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but between, uh, the, the guys finishing and the show in the distance showcase, she popped over and, and bought all the stuff. So she picked out the shade of pink. And I think she did a great job. I was yep. perfectly happy with that. Um, you know, got the the bleach and the toner and and all the stuff, and uh, just fully committed to it. And I How think long? it gave her powers. Like, here, <laughs> yeah, hear me clearly. out. Our first practice round Monday. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the course at Nevin. I don't remember what the number was last year, but it's hole eleven this year. It's that one where it's like a straight shot through the woods, and then kind of slowly drifts to the right, elevated pin with a steep drop off. It's like three seventy five. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. First practice round. She aced that hole. Oh, that's right.
0: I saw that. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Well, way to go.
2: Yes. If, so if she crushes the field the this hair. week, it's your
0: fault. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. In here, Ellen, she's, on the, she's on the tear. She's on the so um <laughs> She's coming for you. <laughs> did
1: did she ever tell you what color she would make your hair if you if she got the chance? Like
2: I don't think up? she had one picked out. She didn't
1: have one picked no, out. She, okay. I, don't oh. she ever, she I don't think she
2: ever She had a lot of time to think one about out.
1: it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lack of confidence. It sounds like,
1: yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah,
2: I mean, I'll be honest. I was very confident that I would win this bet and then she scared me at Waco. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yes. Yes. I had,
2: she was, she was like finishing up hole 14 and I was like, all right, you have to accept that your hair is going to be a different color tomorrow. Happy for your friend. (laughs) Like by the time she had come around, I was like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. Uh, Unfortunately she wouldn't, she didn't close it out, but. Yep. I think yeah. we scared each other enough times during uh-huh. the, the tournament.
0: Uh, how how
1: lucky long will that the, stay? Yeah, she's lucky it's the end of the season. I mean, because she could, in theory, probably shave that you know in a week or so down relatively close, and it would grow out by the by February. Really? She'd have you know almost. Oh the yeah, same- she
2: she said that was kind of her plan, um, but I think <laughs> she actually really likes the hair. And I think if she wins, she said she's just going to keep dying it. So yeah.
0: Okay. why not I was going to say how long would that stay otherwise I, I, I'm it's unfamiliar. permanent it's permanent coloring right yeah well, but I she mean did, like
2: she did permanent yeah
0: I mean so I mean, that just until, until I it guess, gr- like,
2: grows out probably okay. yeah. Yeah.
0: until it Three grows months. out and you cut it off yeah wow Well, nonetheless, a very uh, cool bet that I know was talked about and referenced. Uh, Like you said, it got close a number of times back and forth, and uh, to see it come to fruition in the way it did, uh, certainly just another little uh, cherry on top. Now, a couple other things that have been incredible for you in the sense that a few weeks ago, MVP, you had the opportunity for the uh, East Coast Metal Roofing. Yeah, Ching, I think I got that. East Coast Metal Roofing uh, CTP of cashing in on that that was a what a four thousand dollar throw four
2: thousand yeah four thousand dollar throw
0: <laughs> and and now you go pick up a twelve thousand five hundred dollar paycheck mm-hmm. ain't too shabby how do, how does it uh, you know clearly you're not, not just shabby. in disc golf for the money but next year at 17 grand in a couple of weeks doesn't hurt huh
2: yeah, and I mean, you know, right before MVP, we had Worlds, which was a nice little payout for third.
0: Yeah, okay. That too. Um,
2: and I'll say, yeah, Discraft definitely values finishing well at Worlds. we will say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, definitely made a good little little chunk of chunk of change here at the end of the year.
0: Uh, a,
1: uh it's good and way, then it's like you finish, uh, set yourself up for the off season for whatever you're going to, you know.
2: Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, a throw pink bonus as you said if they treat that like a major. What what will be and there's still obviously forty thousand dollars on the line. I mean, we could be you know potentially talking in in seven days. Oh,
1: probably second, could... se- not whatever second place is, because we know Ella's got first place uh, at this well, point. I, so
2: I think I think if you're betting, man, I think you bet on Ella this week. Damn. I don't.
0: Okay. 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 Uh, so th- like <laughs> twenty or thirty or forty thousand additional on the line still this weekend uh, for a podium finish. Is there anything? you know whether it's you know, influenced by this by these recent paychecks or not is there any purchase or splurge or or you know anything that that you got your eyes set on for this off season uh, in terms of picking up
2: I don't know man I'm not that interesting when it comes to spending money I hate spending money
0: <laughs> I, that, no that's
2: fair um I, the only thing we're really planning on is we're we're probably going to get a dually truck so that you know, we can we can pull the, the trailer just a little bit better, um, but we're going to, you know, sell our our three quarter ton and then get, you know, a dual. It's probably not, not going to cost that. Really. <laughs> OK, so, no, I don't really have any plans for any big purchases.
1: So I believe at the beginning of this season, we caught up with you when you were at the big Discraft uh, filming, and all the teammate yeah. all the teammates were there. It was pretty awesome. We got to chat with I think Anthony Barella as well. You were a new Discraft team member. Was that a one year contract
0: or a two year contract? Oh, it I think was I a one year contract because she said you wanted to bet on yourself.
2: <laughs> yep. I damn
0: I would
1: say that was a pretty damn good bet. So has there been talks about next year? I mean, what's are we, are, are, you know, was there a renewal already? Did, did, you know, did Bob write you a check for the bonus and just, you know, Hey, just sign here while you're at it, you know, just <laughs> an extension.
2: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. We haven't done a ton of talking contracts. Honestly, I know, um, like Bob was wanting to focus on getting through worlds and like they were very busy, um, you know, with their own end of the year stuff. Um, have, Agent and I talked, we haven't actually talked since the, the win this weekend. So I don't know. Well, we'll probably talk, you know, tomorrow about how he thinks that should, you know, change things and how we should kind of strategize. It's nice that I don't have to do all of this by myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, mm-hmm. That is great.
2: But um I will say I've been very happy with how Discraft's treated me this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say too much because like I said, we haven't actually negotiated yet. So okay.
1: I thought that is what we said at the beginning of the season, but I wanted to verify that because I know there was one or two other mm-hmm. people that had said that they bet on themselves as well. And I think a lot of good bets this, this year, I would say.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. definitely. Uh, clearly this is the time that we, we have to perform the, the obligatory podcast duty. And have this silly conversation about whole eighteen, because mm. uh, otherwise we get blasted and and you get blasted because it's not talked mm-hmm. about or discussed. I'm sure she's disgusted of. On, on I'm other sure you have. That's <laughs> why I say it's a silly obligatory thing to do. <laughs> However, uh, it's it is, is is light and fluffy as we usually are. That is also part of our job mm-hmm. to at least have the discussion about it. I think the easiest way to do this is have you start, if you could, from throwing your tee shot on 18, as to how it unfolded from your own two eyes and ears and your own perspective with regard to the uh, the, the initial tee shot on 18.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so, so it up to 18, honestly, I was my main thought was to think throw it committed. Um, cause in practice, the only times I got a roll down the hill with the sidearm was when it was a little too sharp and a little too short and would kind of catch the, the steeper part of the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to throw it flat and hard and kind of scooted up the hill. Um, I definitely pulled it a couple feet left of where I wanted it to come out. And then I'm watching the flight of this disc. I know exactly how it's going to finish. And I'm thinking if it fades in front of those leaves, it's going to land in and there's a good chance it'll maybe stay in. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm watching and I see it tickle some leaves and I see it hit dirt. And then based off of what I know of where that OB line is, I'm thinking like, there's a really good chance that that hit in. To my eyes, it looked like it hit in, um, and then rolled into the water. And so I, you know, I get off the tee pad, make room for Alexis to, to throw her shot. Um, and then when she comes off, she was the first person I asked about it. I said, do you think mine touched in up there or not? And she pretty confidently was like, yeah, I think that that touched in. Uh, There was, you know, some discussion as we're walking up and the marshal even like stopped the card and like made sure and asked, you know, both Alexis and Missy directly if they believe that I touched in. And both of them confirmed that they also, from their perspective, thought I touched in. Um, We got up there. The spotter didn't really have a vantage point on it. He didn't try. He didn't come over and, and and trying he kind of piece down, actually, um, but we were looking at where the disc was in the water and in relation to the line, and, and determined that it did, but um, it did likely hit, you know, on the line or just inside of the line. And they gave me the lie right there, and that was kind of the end of it.
1: Yeah, I was standing. I think Terry as well. We were standing more or less right behind or right around that tent. Um, I saw you throw it when it hit the tree and fell. The first thing I did was mouth to somebody like, did that get in? Because I don't know the line very well. Not like you guys. I've, I have never mm-hmm. walked up there, but I know it was close. Yeah. And um, And from what yeah. I could tell. And I mean,
2: and- the line, yeah, the line follows like inside of the trees, but where those yep. trees end, it does actually jut out towards exactly. the water a little bit before continuing. And when I saw the disc in the water, it hadn't got, like it was at that part where it juts mm. out. Um, so like, it kind of, in my mind, was like, yeah, what I saw off the tee was probably right. Like, there's a very, very good chance that that hit and bounds, and obviously, yep. we don't get the benefit of looking at video. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, there's there's discussion there of like, should we be allowed to use video or not? Personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind because then I don't have to make the call. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. You know I'm- the heat and potentially get the heat for it, but you know we made the best call that we could at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had plenty of time to think about it um, and, you know, talk to to people whose, you know, opinions, uh, you know, I care about and respect about it. And like, I believe we played it correctly the best that we could at the time.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it took my understanding is it yeah. took even the people in the booth like slow motion replay to see that it was really close. And because I had said, like, when it when it came in, I'm like, that could have gone over higher up and then come back down and in there's no way to tell for sure i couldn't tell if it fell straight down or kind of came in at an angle after hitting the tree like there's standing there there's there, there is zero percent chance that you anyone could definitively say if it was in or out i truly believe that um yeah. and as far as like the the spotter goes i don't even know if he could tell because he was further up that fair i don't think
2: he could and
1: the way the angle and of you can't that is see down there no, you can't yeah. see that. His job, more or less, is mm-hmm. to mark where it goes OB if it comes. Because 99% of the discs that go OB there hit and okay. roll OB. Yeah. And so he marks them there. It's you know, it's not really necessarily... And Because I've seen a lot of people online saying, well, how come he's not there? How come we don't have another uh, Marshall there? And I keep thinking, like, cool, you want one there? You want one on five? A- two of them on five along the road, one on five standing underneath of the Mando for MPO, one on five standing at the water by the basket. Like there's so many places where mm-hmm. this exact scenario can happen. And it's just, Oh yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen for years now, people throw a hyzer on the I on hole five and you can't tell if it, if it crosses over, you're like, all right, I think it did. And I've seen players, you know, lobby to say they have and I've seen players that be like oh maybe I didn't I don't know I think you guys literally I was 30 feet from you guys I think the right decision was made like for the for the group
0: mm-hmm. uh, when I, I guess maybe the follow-up is as you said you've had some time to think about it how, how do we move forward with you know just this in mind with the idea of of lies and marking because of the fact that we've seen so many differing opinions. What's your opinion for trying to mitigate something of this nature? Do, mm-hmm. do you have, I'll say, a, a oh, solution?
2: I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, with how brutal Winthrop is with our OB rules, why not just make it a rety if you don't stop and bounce on that mm. one or make it a drop zone? Because um, I think we had this problem. I remember at Music City on hole 17, mm-hmm. having that island hole across the water. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. Like, it's possible to cross inbounds and then hit the trees and, and you know land short OB. And uh, we, I think we even had this exact same scenario on the final day on the lead card. Um, and it was the same thing where we were like, well, if you hit these twigs, like you probably crossed in and we ended up giving it to her in, in that scenario as well. I think when it's that subjective, it's not necessarily put a spotter there. Cause I've seen spotters make the wrong call mm-hmm. in, in, in situations where it wasn't actually that hard of a call. Um, I think you just make it, if it's an Island hole or if you're throwing from out of bounds, you either need to have a hazard or a drop zone or a rete.
1: Yeah. I, I was it's very simple same thing i was thinking a re tee or not a re tee a drop zone maybe right in front of that tree like just yep. bring it bring it back where you know so it still penalizes the player somewhat by pulling them back mm-hmm. and move it maybe down into the left of the tree or something but not so you're not so you're still in front of the tree but you are getting penalized 95% of the time for players that go yeah. ob um, because you're right and almost any island or any ob shot there could be some discussion like this and we either need to kind of get for these bigger events, more drop zones or, or that's it. That's really the only option I think for OB is if you don't want to put players in this position, you need to have drop zones. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, possibly of just where it comes to rest, I think, is Mm -hmm. being the key element there, as opposed to if it flew over the green or didn't just Mm -hmm. where did it where did it come to rest and then make the calls from there. Do you or the rest of the group or at any point any of your group throughout the weekend have any confusion about the rules? The rules on any given hole, because you know, and you can explain it to our, our viewers, there's different rules for the M near every different hole out there. (laughs) So explain, you know, how, how you go through those.
2: Yeah. I think for, for the cards I was on, I was largely playing with players who've played this course before. Mm -hmm. And so we're at least pretty familiar with the rules and not a whole lot changed, but I mean, there was an instance on hole eight where I almost misplayed um, because I didn't realize that like, if you go OB right early on eight, um, I actually went OB on my second shot because I cut rolled. I threw a sidearm, and I I cut rolled into the Hazard. It's not OB. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, starting to mark my lie, and then someone reminded me, like, oh, hey, that's actually Hazard. And then the next day, um, someone on my card started to make the same mistake, and I I saved them from doing a misplay. (laughs) Um, And I think a lot of the pro tour events have done a really good job of now they color code in the different areas so usually white is ob yellow is hazard and then orange is you know relief or like optional relief area um so i think doing and i, I like that color coding scheme because i i would love to see us use hazard more mm. just as like an aside <laughs> sure um but yeah there's there's some really weird spots and that that spot on eight in particular is really weird that it's hazard and not ob because the hazard's actually putting you in another fairway
1: mm-hmm um, yeah, and there uh,
2: was like an instance of the men waiting for us to finish throwing on 16 because mm-hmm. someone had thrown into the hazard and like you know that kind of caused a little bit of a backup.
1: Yeah, I'd heard from someone at the PDGA on day 1 there were four misplays um during the day from mm-hmm. from players just not
2: uh, that we know of. <laughs> that we that we know of that they
1: well that I, I think this of, yeah. Yeah, I think this was day 2 that they had said. So just on day 1, there were four misplays from players playing the wrong lie or taking relief when they should have done OB or OB when they should have done relief, whatever that's the case. So it's um the the Winthrop course, you you truly it's the one it's one of the, I was going to get into this later. It's the one thing that that kind of always just has always bothered me about that particular event was just the 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 number of different rules you have on every on any different hole and sometimes like you said different rules on the same hole. <laughs> so, but
2: yeah. And there's, there's some spots. Like I liked the change they made on nine where they made it, our drop zone, like a, a throw and not a putt. Mm-hmm. Cause it was kind of crazy that we could throw a shot, never get in bounds. And we have a putt. Sure. And that was kind of crazy. But then like, so you have that, which I feel like was a pretty well-placed and pretty typical compared to the rest of tour. And then you go to 10 where you could have the same scenario of you never crossed in bounds and you get a 40 footer. Sure. seemed really That one seemed very generous to me. And then you go two holes later on hole 12, where if you don't cross, you could cross in bounds, but it doesn't matter. If you're OB, you're re throwing. And that one's like brutal compared to the rest <laughs> of the tour. It was just weird that in the span of those four holes, you have such vastly different rules.
0: Yep. Uh, I guess one spot I'd go with this then to. to start to put a button on that whole conversation is, is there, I want to give you an open floor in the sense that is there anything that you've seen or heard or read that you would love just to emphatically address or announce, you know, rather than me trying to think of another way somebody else has asked a question. Is there anything where you're like, I read this or this was, you know, shared with me and it was just dead wrong. Is there anything that you'd love to dispel or clarify Uh, uh, about it about that situation or have you said everything you need to say about it for uh,
2: uh, for 18 i mean i really felt like there's not anything else to say you know we we made our call as the best we could at the situation well within the rules and that's it
1: Okay, and and, and why'd and you I... go be again? Then that seems that really wrecked everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it almost wrecked everything. Well, honestly, I put myself in a weird spot by that tree up there, oh, and I yeah. was like, I I even disked up to try and like punch it uh, a little bit, and like. Uh, didn't go by ob by very much, but fortunately, I just want to give y'all a playoff. I, really we appreciate it. Was.
0: Thank you for the excitement. Yeah, and
2: I just wanted, I wanted to get the views up for the for the FPO. You know,
1: well, as I'm sure you heard that the FPO concurrent views were higher than the MPO concurrent views because the FPO product was much more exciting than the MPO product this week. I mean, I think. If you look I believe the overall views were still uh was still favored the MPO but when we look at peak concurrent that's the number to me that's more of like an interest rate like you're looking at how much interest is there in this right now and it there was more interest in the FPO than there was in the MPO this year.
0: Yeah and uh which yeah. I think is awesome and like you said that's uh, a new bar that's been set Uh, The reason why I asked if you had anything else is because in one of the many, one of the million threads and discussions that took place, uh, there was people questioning the integrity of some of your card mates, whether it was Alexis and or Missy. Uh, knowing that you're on the same team Discraft with them, so on and so forth. And I love that that Missy Missy snapped back <laughs> understandably. Sometimes oh, you just did she? <laughs> yeah, she snapped back. I someone, don't want to be on Missy's bad side. No, someone more or less. <laughs> no, you don't. Dude, you know?
2: Both of them. The two of them. I was actually joking before the round. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for the level of trash talk that will happen if I mess up. Because <laughs> they're both savage. But anyway. Uh,
0: no, an I, was just, I, I just wanted to Say that you know usually our our pros most of them are are far more reserved than we can even be, and we'll we'll just kind of take it and roll with the punches and i I appreciate all that when they do and and Missy snapped back at this gentleman understandably and and basically said in so many I'll paraphrase you know. Hey, Jag, quit questioning the integrity of which I play, because if you're doing that, then you don't know me at all. And again, she said it more politely than than even that. But uh, it, I, I liked it. And she said, um, I'll just quote her. She said, Kristen and I... Uh, don't act like you know me, first of all, is what she told him. And then Kristen and I have always <laughs> enjoyed playing on the same card. Coincidentally, we spoke about this as I congratulated her on yet another performance after the playoff ended. I play the sport with integrity, and I always call it like I see it. I watched the disc the whole way and felt that it crossed before rolling backward OB, and that's how I called it. And um, and she also had a, a longer uh, response as well, but... Uh, it's too bad because I feel like immediately when it happened, your the card mates are under scrutiny. The PDGA is under scrutiny. The course itself is then under scrutiny. The throw pink as, as you know is under scrutiny. DGN slash DGPT like everyone that could possibly get thrown on you're under scrutiny. Like every single person that could possibly the spotters or lack of spotters, so they think are under scrutiny. Yeah. Everything this- gets thrown under it and it's just kind of frustrating to read because all three of us know what it takes or have an idea of what it takes to have an event of this magnitude unfold but
1: like we said you could say that about like i bet you there's one hole on every pro tour course or major course where where we could have this argument at one point every round probably there's a there is a decision call made it's just the way it works Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, it's it's happening on every other card at some mm-hmm. point. It it's it's unfortunately a you know because we do self officiate and you know there's you could have discussions about, you know, should we self officiate or how how great is having marshals versus spotters and 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 all that stuff, but with the reality of the the way the rules are right now is like this situation does happen a lot. Um mm-hmm. it's just, you know, do I wish I had just thrown in a foot to the right and made it a lot easier? Absolutely. Of, course, of course. Or a foot to the left even, you know what I sure. mean? If it, You know, because either way, but um, yeah, I mean, I know all of my, my card mates have integrity and like, they don't want, they don't want to be going through this. They don't want me to go through that either. Um, they want, they want the game to be played the way that it's meant to be played. And they're, they're not going to give me, you know, anything. Just the whole idea that like there were teammates and, you know and all that it's like they don't really get any benefit as my teammates if i win or lose right it's an individual sport um, yeah like we i all, think regardless of who our sponsors are like we all know each other pretty well mm-hmm. and like that that really doesn't have anything to do with
0: it. i i so. think some people think you, you know that there may be an anti christian theme out there or you yeah know, she's rather, real hard to hate yeah yeah <laughs> right
2: a, i will say this like Something I, I there's a lot of things I've tried to learn from Kristen this year because I think I just have like uh, it was funny talking to Eliezer at the end of that because um, you know she had kind of been she shared that she kind of like looked you know looked up to me and enjoyed watching me play and that was really excited she was on the card for my first big win and it it reminded me of like being on the card at Worlds for Kristen's first big win because that's kind of how I felt um, Kristen was one of the the women that I was like a huge fan of. still am, but like was a huge fan Mm -hmm. of back even when I was an amateur without any aspirations to play. Um, Kristen's someone that I have just the utmost respect and admiration for. Um, And I think think the entire FPO field feels similarly. I think she does really wonderful things like raising the bar and kind of saying, like, you have to be here if you want to win. Like, I'm raising this, and she's kind of challenging and and pushing the whole field forward. So, like, the idea that there's any kind of anti-Kristen – Sentiment is like I think she's probably the most liked FPO
0: player. (laughs) She is. I think there was actually a poll last year that proved just that. She's the most liked FPO player we have.
1: And there's (laughs) literally a poll. There's a reason. I mean, not just the competition. Mm -hmm. No offense to Holland, but there's a reason why FPO is doing so well with viewership. A lot of it is Kristen. A lot of it, just people like watching dominance, and that's what she has done this year. Mm until Holland put the yeah. smackdown down on her.
0: Yeah, her that third.
1: <laughs> but in general... How many like,
0: euros did you just lose now, Chrissy?
1: <laughs> sure. As, as, as she drives away with silver on one
0: arm and, uh, and her yeah. very
1: nice car going to do her Nike shoots, she's like,
0: yes, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's know, right? That's she, she, right. right. Uh, uh, the, the one funny thing, and we'll start to wrap it up, but one of the funny things that you said uh, to me uh, just before we kind of did final interviews and wrapped up, because uh, obviously the tie, then you know forced you guys in the playoff. As you had said, man, I really wish I went to foot faulted the day before where you were penalized, and and we talked mm-hmm. about the timing of that. But just kind of again, if somebody wasn't paying attention this weekend, what happened there, and and your reaction to it all?
2: Yeah, this was on hole twelve. I would put my second shot pretty close to the sidewalk where it's like a little rocky. Um, just didn't give myself enough space that I needed for my run up and my toe kind of like hit the lip of my disc when I planted. And, uh, it was Haley King who called me on it. Um, and then Allie Smith who seconded Alice Allie Smith who's a good friend of mine actually. Um, mm-hmm. and they called me on it and I was like, ah, oh, dang. All right. <laughs> and then move, moved right along. Like there, it wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, we, I, I I made my putt that would have been a four, but with the penalty was five, and we just you know we moved on. And on the next tee, like the u discer was a little confused, and I was like, oh, it's a it's penalty for a foot fault. And then I was like, good on you guys for calling it, because um, like I yeah like we need to call that stuff more often. You know, if there's foot faults and you see it, call it. Um, yeah,
0: I, I just wanted to point it out that I think the biggest takeaway mm-hmm. of all that, not of course that you were that uh, you know that you were stroked, is just the fact that y- your cardmates called you. Y- you held no ill will or grudge, and as you just said, mm-hmm. you're good with that. If if you break the rule or a rule or the rule that rule or whatever it might be, um, as we're self officiated, you you. Just have to deal with it and move on, and just realize even when a a good friend or a couple of good friends are calling you on it, it's uh, there's there's a lot of integrity there. And
1: earlier in the season, I think it was at Portland, yeah, you called yourself on a on a a penalty overnight or something like after the round, you realized you you misplay a hole like twenty minutes
2: later. No, what happened? Oh, uh, score. Yeah, what happened is yeah, like we had kind of a chaotic final hole. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, uh, I think in my head, I was thinking it was a par four and I was adding a stroke and I just said five and, uh, my card mates, because like I said, chaotic final hole, everybody's was like kind of all over the place. Um, we also had to wait a while before we could even get to the score tent. And then, you know, our u -er, I, he didn't keep track, but so no one caught it, you know, when I said five. Um, and then I'm going back and I'm, I'm looking at my stats and I'm kind of going back and reflecting on my round. And I see that it shows a par for that hole. And I was like, ah, that (laughs) And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I was very upset with myself over, over that. I mean, I, I texted Jeff Duqua and I think one other person for, per whatever sheet they gave us to make sure that they knew. And then that was that we changed, you know, changed the score. I took my penalty strokes and I was beating myself up about it. But like, you know, it's it's what I would hope my competitors would do in a in a similar scenario. Um, but yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, and, bring and, up. I, and, sorry, sorry for bringing up that up. I'm sorry, no,
0: Holland. No, and the only reason why I that was bring my it up—worst
2: up, finish. Oh,
0: ooh, <laughs> the only reason why I bring that up as well is I feel like because I and Johnny have played so long. Like you make all. Hopefully, if you're going to make all any or all of those mistakes, you do it once. Like. You add up a scorecard wrong. You go, uh, you know, you show up late to a tee time, whatever the case is. Every. I, I have to say it. You leave a scorecard in your pocket at Amworlds. Worlds and. And you, then you go home. And you with go it. home. And, and everybody gets a two stroke penalty. Like that's what <laughs> and, happened to me. And in two people missed the cut because of it. <laughs> yeah. And yes, exactly. Oh, no, Terry. Yeah. I didn't make any friends that day. So uh, that's why I say, like, all of those mistakes, if they happen, hopefully it's just playing from the wrong disc. Did that. We've seen that happen a couple of times, whether it's yourself, yep. which we've seen now. Haley and. Haley's done it twice. Haley and. Paige, uh, I think, did it once. And we've seen uh, uh, Evelina just played Coma from her. Or too, not yeah. Evelina, sorry. Uh, uh, Hannah played from her own wrong disc. Yep. And then we've seen other, some women play from someone else's disc. We've seen them yep. play from their own wrong lie. So hopefully all of those mistakes just happen once. And then everybody learns, yep. and you move on. So let's uh, let's let's finish on a positive, an additional positive note. Uh, congratulations! Who who would you like to thank uh, before we let you go here tonight? Sponsors, friends, uh, a- anyone else as you head into the final big of event of the year?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll shout out my sponsors real quick because uh, they're pretty. I think I really do have the best sponsors. But uh, I got Discraft. Um, Squatch, Resistance Discs, Throw Joes, those four, big four. Um, and then, you know, thank you to to everyone who's been, you know, following me this whole time. I, got, I get so many lovely messages. I can't respond to them all because there's just too many of you, which is such a nice problem to have. Um, but I really do appreciate everybody who who comments and, and sends me kind words every week. Um, it really does mean a lot.
0: Awesome. And is there any, the follow-up to that is, there anything
2: you're maybe still in the need
0: in the 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 search or the hunt for sponsorship wise uh accessories uh you know whatever is there anything else shoes i mean there's hair dye hair dye uh you know uh, someone
2: did sponsor the hair dye but he he sent it like the following day and we're like bro we're already done
0: (laughs) Uh, okay uh but but is there is there any uh maybe whether it's this off season or otherwise that's like oh hey you you own a car dealership. Yeah, I could use a discount on our dually. Whatever. Is there any, any other things that you, you feel like you need?
2: <laughs> um no, I mean I think I think we're pretty good right now. Um yeah. No. Okay. Not this time around.
1: <laughs> Maybe well, we'll know more in a few weeks.
0: She doesn't I need Austin. sponsors when she's cashing all those checks, picking up all that money. One shot, four thousand bucks, East East Coast, uh Coast It was
1: more than one shot. It was a few shots.
0: Wow, it was wow, one to wow. win the four thousand. Hey, but hey, she-
2: I think it was three shots, maybe total, that like yeah. had okay, so. thirteen
0: hundred and thirty three dollars per per shot per throw. That's a pretty good <laughs> that's a, a pretty good rate. Not too
2: good. I
0: wouldn't mind that. Well, Holland, we wish you the best of luck again. I know you said Ella feels like a front runner. You obviously are right there and in contention, and we expect uh, to see you up there performing well this weekend at Nevin. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for giving us your time we know it's a busy week leading into the final big event so we we really appreciate all our smashies appreciate you joining us and giving us so much insight here tonight
2: yeah thank you so much for having
0: me all right everyone that's holland hanley winner of throw pink uh best of luck to you at the disc golf pro tour championship this weekend and you, you never know maybe a week from now we have to have another conversation so uh that would be fun
2: i would love to have another (laughs) conversation all right
0: sounds good have a good week good night all right
2: y'all too thanks
0: see ya all
1: in folks your throw pink champion in extra holes we didn't even talk about the extra holes really where they both kind of missed a a a possible putt on hole one Mm -hmm. um Kristen Tatar, as she was pretty much every round, was down into the right because she threw a forehand. Holland went past the basket and was up into the left. Both of them had just an outside-the-circle putt and and were not able to complete it. Then we get to 17, where Holland throws it um, into the, I would say, the ear canal area of the hole. As They were were talking that, uh, I think it was Kenny himself that called that a the shape of Climo's ear. So really? Yeah. He said that. I believe he did say that. Yes. On the broadcast. Okay. Um But it was that general area. It was kind of on the, near the tree area. And Kristen Tatar just pulled hers far left and went OB and never really had a shot. So it let Holland just lay up for the win on whole 17 playoffs. So, and congratulations to both of them, to be honest, I yeah. mean, obviously to Holland for winning, but Kristen Tatar, Is continuing her phenomenal season by taking second place. Uh, We'll move down the leaderboard a little bit. Tie for third between Henna and Evelina, both of which played really, really well. I was really impressed to see how well uh, Evelina was putting and how well Henna was driving. Just amazing. Uh, really good weeks for both of them, tied for third. In fifth place was, you know, one Ella Hansen, who we just spoke of. Sixth place was Missy Gannon. Seventh place, Alexis Mondahano. Eighth place, Silva Saarinen. Ninth place, Haley King. And a tie for tenth between Merch and Eliza Middling. That's how it's pronounced, Middling. So, Elie Ezra. Uh, Eli Ezra. Sorry, did I say Ezra? No, you said Eliza. Eliza. Oh, I'm sorry. Eli Ezra, which is funny because I called her Eli Ezra all weekend. And for some reason, as reading it, it's harder to read it than it is to it say is. it. It is. I talked. I was around her so much this weekend and I didn't mess it up. And then as I'm reading it, I mess I, it up. Yeah. You know? Which is funny because I think she's the st- almost other than Holland winning, she's the story. I mean, Holland, Holland had a great weekend, but Eli Ezra kind of. She's been building up a little bit here and there, bubbling up since Worlds when she like won the distance competition and there was talk of her. But then she didn't really do much at Worlds. And then she comes here and she's on the lead card. And she's eagling hole 18, the first one to ever do it for FPO. Mm-hmm. She throws a mile. She putts really well. She probably has a little bit to work on in the touch game. And she plays like she's 16, which means all out. It is fun watching her. All uh, gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. Um, I, I watched. I walked with her card, which not necessarily her card, but the card she was on two different rounds. The end, uh, I tended to walk with the FPO, usually 16, 17, 18. Kind of, I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of get a, up close and good view. And I was really excited because the day before I had heard how Eliezerah eagled hole hole 18 and so the very next day she kind of has she does whatever but she's in an awkward position and i watch her just it's hole 18 if you don't know if you've never been there it's a lot more sloped than you think like just the angle Mm. the slope the footing there is almost no good footing on that hole when you land, there's everyone's like you know, try to aim for the flat spot. There really isn't a flat spot <laughs> no. you aim for. No matter where you're standing, you've got some uh, somewhat awkward run up. And my favorite interaction I saw with well, two of them with Eliezer. the The first one was when she was on Missy with Missy Gannon, and Missy was ob off to the left, and Eliezra was kind of off, was up into the right. And Missy comes over and asks Ellie. She says, um, is it you or me? I can't tell if I'm, she, and Ellie's like, I, I think it's you. And she's like, okay, I wasn't sure if you were going to lay up. And I swear to God, I was standing right there. And Ellie Ezra said, I'm not laying up. <laughs> like there was no, like that idea was so foreign to her. Her, her job, I think in her head is to get it from A to B not just in as few shots as possible, but as fast and as hard as she can. So I got such a kick out of that. And the other thing, I was going to mention it with Holland, but I was standing there at the scoring tent by the media car, by the media area, which is right where all the players tend to walk. And Ellie is there just kind of running around being 16 with her friends. Holland walks off the course and, and Ellie kind of comes up and is like, wow, I, I I just had
0: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh, one.com.
1: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. and i finished under par <laughs> like it was just that excitement you get when you she she racked up like 9 birdies that round and it, ridiculous but it was a lot of fun seeing someone like her just be a kid at usdgc get to ex- or throw pink get to experience this big thing and not be overwhelmed in the slightest just not a care in the world and so that's what i enjoyed seeing Um, from Eliezer this particular uh, weekend was just everywhere I looked. And it's hard to miss her because she's got the big curly red hair. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of spot her no matter where she's at. She seemed to be everywhere. Like, she's no matter where you were, she was there doing something at some point. So it was fun.
0: Yeah, certainly no shortage, as you said, of either excitement and or just uh, taking it all in and making the most Mm -hmm. of the moments of being out there. and couple of quick follow-ups to that. I feel like, of course, she was one of the stars of the show throughout the entire weekend when you're looking at all your big storylines. And just that we'll see how things look for her in the next couple of months. Obviously, we start heading into what will be an off-season. Her phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Yeah, so it's just a matter of who uh, might she align herself when it comes to sponsorships. Obviously, everyone's going to be... Wanting to talk to her, I know some people already have talked to her. While we were at the USDGc, we throw pink this weekend. We got to communicate with a few
1: different team managers and just people that are on teams, and and every one of them was like, "Yeah, we're we're trying to talk to her. We're in communication with her, or we've kind of made ourselves known, or however that went." There was, if you name the manufacturer, they made an effort to 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 get some FaceTime with her.
0: Yeah. As they should. And, so it'll be really exciting yeah. to and see. And right how now
1: that... she throws she I believe she was sponsored by Lone Star for a while. She has a Lone Star patch on her bag. And she throws some Lone Star. But I think she sure. has a little bit of mix in there from what I could see. I tried to peek without touching the bag because that's a big no-no. I tried to peek in there a little bit and see what what was going on. And it looked like she had a couple discs from some other manufacturers. But she did have quite a bit of Lone Star in there.
0: So. Yeah, and that, you know, depending on what team she was yeah. and She's what uh, the details were with regard to any kind of alignment or allotment with Lone Star. Uh, maybe there was some still open bag or mixed bag could format to that. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see. Uh, as yeah, we know that she's a mixed bag as of now. But I, I have a, sh- I would bet, <laughs> I would bet some hair dye on it that she will have a sponsor for the twenty twenty four season. So, yeah. who? And well, to be to, to be. be determined. But she will have one. So very exciting. And that's I mean, uh, she might not sure. even tour next year. She's still going to be seventeen. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll see how much. Um, she can you know she's going to be available to play and what she's going to try and get herself to but a weekend like this is you know when you have kind of those breakout moments whether it's in a distance competition or whether it's just an overall event yeah clearly you're putting yourself on the map and you're Mm -hmm. making sure that your name is out there the one i'll say disadvantage that any manufacturer will notice is that she's not on social media and and
1: I looked. I I took a picture um, and I posted on Instagram of just kind of what I saw the week, and I tagged a bunch of people, and I couldn't tag her because she. I don't believe she has no, it.
0: She's on no yeah. social media. So good for her, and that's good for her, kind in, of in, for whatever her <laughs> privacy, her family, and everyone else, regardless of what drives that. You know, drives that motivation to not be on it. That uh, intrinsically, I think, is great. However, we also all know that a portion or sometimes a large portion of your sponsorship can hinge upon the influence in which you can present yourself mm-hmm. and the influence that you give out there in the world. So that's that's uh something we'll see if that ends up changing or not or or maybe that's you know of no concern to her and she's just going to have to, you know, get it done entirely with just her overall play and performances. So we will see. But, uh, it, yeah, as you said, Johnny, definitely one of the more exciting stories that came of this weekend. Uh, Follow-up, and you were exactly right. You said Ellie was the first to Eagle. I am. Uh, yeah. Ellie was the first to Eagle, 18. She did that in round one. Ella closed out her tournament. Ella Hansen that is, closed out her tournament with the Eagle on 18. So as far as we know and as far as the stats will tell you for the throw pink a uh, short throw pink history that we've had out at the USDGC. Those are the only two women to ever take the Eagle on hole number 18. They played as a par five, same tee, same pen. And
1: Eliezer had another opportunity. She missed like a 15 footer mm, or 15 wow. to 20 footer ish for the Eagle and ended up just having to settle for the birdie.
0: Yeah. So uh, on a hole where you're seeing sevens, eights, nines and everything else uh, to see a couple of women, uh, take the eagle three is obviously impressive. So Ella Hansen round four, along with Ellie in round one.
1: Speaking of taking a seven on hole 18. What? USDGC, our winner, Kyle Klein uh, ends up shooting 27 under par, taking a seven on the final yeah, hole. Goes four up in the last three holes to still win. Oof. Um, yeah. But he crushed the front nine. Front 11, I guess you could look at it. And really gave himself just enough lead where he just had to coast, so to speak, in from hole 11. Um, It was not exciting. It was, I mean, it's probably exciting if you're a big fan of Kyle. We were actually wondering, some of the media team, I was rolling around with them for a while, and we were saying, okay, he's got, at one point, a nine-stroke lead. He had a nine-stroke lead, and we're thinking... The only way this gets exciting is if he really starts to rack them up. Like, nine strokes is almost... it's it's To me, if <laughs> it's almost a gray area where it's like, all right, you win. At that point, I want to see how much you win by. Yeah. I want to see him get to 12 or 13. Like, really, because I'm sure Stat Mando could probably let us know. I don't know what the biggest margin of victory it was in MPO for USDGC.
0: Uh, I think it was Kenny, like, year one or two by... Like like ten or ten or twelve, or fifteen or twenty or something like so, that. Something like that. I, I didn't see the stats because I wasn't in the booth, but I I think it was pretty substantial. Okay.
1: So anyway, Kyle was able to kind of get in hole eighteen. He just, uh, I think he was sweating a little bit. He had a, he had a, a rough final hole where he threw a shot that kind of burned out and went ob. Then he his upshot went ob up to the right. I'm standing up on the top, watching on the giant screen that's right by the spectator area, which is about twelve to fifteen seconds behind what's actually happening. So we'd hear cheers and groans, wait to watch it on the screen because they were down and it was a little bit hectic and I didn't really want to try to push my way in to see anything. So I thought that would be a good way until Kyle got up to the top. So he went OB. Then he went OB. And at that point, Zoe and I, who are standing next to each other, we're like trying to count on our fingers, like, well, how many does he have to give? And my only thought was, he could then, after the second throw, he could putter, putter, putter his way back, basically up, and still win. The one thing he couldn't do was throw a B again. That would would have risked it. And thankfully, he didn't. And he was able to close it out by, ultimately was a single stroke over Bradley Williams. Bradley, who had just a, a really good seven under, you know, nothing phenomenal, but just slow and steady as Bradley was. Mostly all weekend um and at one point i think bradley even laid up a shot on i think it was maybe hole 10 in order to just play safe because at that point you can't imagine you're going to make up nine strokes and nine holes on kyle klein who has performed very well at usdgc in the past two years ago went to a playoff with paul this year no playoff needed left that Yelp review, didn't no thanks, didn't like mm-hmm. going away from it. Um third place was Isaac Robinson shooting 23 under par, Simon Lazat tied with him at 23 under. Fifth place Calvin Heinberg, who shot an 8 under par that round and Joel Freeman who was in the lead I believe going into that final round. I'm sorry, the third, going, in the lead going into the third round, yeah. the final round, Kyle had a three-stroke lead. So Joel Freeman went into the third round with, I believe, a three-stroke lead, maybe even. And he ended up in tied for fifth with Calvin. Tied for seventh was Nicholas Antela and Aaron Gossage. Tied for ninth was Eagle and Chris Clemens, who was, as you guys know, was my dark horse pick. Still performed well. Um, just, I think he had one kind of bad round, and the rest he really made up. Uh, I think it was his first round, which he shot poorly, and then he ended up shooting the hot score to yeah, jump, himself- yeah, to, mm-hmm. to to jump back up. So that was your top ten, ending at Chris Clemens. The scores this year not as good as the scores last year with Gannon and Nicholas. Yeah, and I'm pushing each other, and I, I don't know if that's. And we had good weather, other than a little wind, and some of the afternoons. Overall, it was pretty good weather. So the course played the same. Really wasn't much difference there, just uh, a few strokes worse than last year. And and granted, as we know, Kyle probably, if pushed, probably could have got to those same scores as Kyle. I'm sorry, as uh, Gannon and Antla did last year, but he didn't need to. He was able to to roll in. He was he was pretty overwhelmed, as you probably one would be when you win a major. You could see it in his face when he, after he won. And even later that night, we got a chance to hang out with him um, and I don't even know if he had taken it all in at that point yet, either. He was pretty jacked up though. I yeah. was
0: watching him hit golf balls and just hammer them and crush them was yeah, and, uh, was and, a lot of fun. And for the most part, and Ed is on our board saying Kyle showed no excitement or emotion after it. he did. yeah he he's did. just not he's not a. He did show over the top. And I, I agree. He, he did show some, but he, it was almost disbelief. The type that is, he just shows even his most excited emotion. I think is going to be more subdued than most. That's just kind of his style. The overall.
1: way, the way he hugged his family, like yeah. the the long embraces, the hands on the head with his yeah, hat, like just just over his mouth. Over his mouth. I, I believe there was, it was more disbelief of finally closing it out. Yeah. And, and
0: realizing
1: what had what he had done, so I, I don't believe there was no
0: yeah. But you didn't get a emotion. roar or a run around the 18th, yep. and you didn't get high fives, you know, around the a semicircle of spectators. No, mm-hmm. you didn't get those types of of things. But for Kyle, who's a very very soft spoken and quiet individual, uh, we did see emotion out of him, just not to the uh, to the heightened level that you see some of the others, but. Uh, Inside, I think it was still uh, just as much for him as as any other player, just the way he outwardly project excuse me, outwardly projects it. so very, very cool and uh, congratulations, you know, as you said, his family was there. His grandpa saw him for the first time ever this weekend playing, and his grandmother had seen him and come down for Champions Cup. And had walked the course, but his grandfather has a harder time getting around, and so being at Champions Cup was just not practical, so his grandma saw him for the first time uh competing at a high level a few months ago, but to have his grandpa down there and and Kyle's dad, Doug had said you know innova was overly mm-hmm. accommodating and helpful to having his uh Doug's dad uh get around and be there and be part of it. So it was It was that much cooler. And to, to hear Kyle's grandparents also say that they tune in, they watch golf, they uh, had, had recognized some of the work that I had done and everything else uh, also in, insanely um, rewarding and fulfilling to know that, again, parents and grandparents are able to tune in and watch live disc golf. It's a thing that we kind of talked about way earlier as this cool byproduct, uh, I I guess, cool product of our, of any live broadcasting, but it's continuing to get amplified because there's so many more, uh, viewers and people taking it all in. It was, it was awesome. So congratulations, of course. Uh, that is largely what we saw. We didn't talk to Like you said, we didn't really talk playoff with Holland. Um, we also, um, Saw a distance exhibition take place immediately following, like we typically do. I, for the first time, didn't really get to consume a whole lot of that. I think I was doing I some other it. things or having a conversation. It, it's a fun, unique display uh, that is that is so USDGC right. It's mm-hmm. it's so awesome to have that uh, also taking place. It's what I, I guess my side note to all of this is: it becomes very challenging as to where and how attention gets created and or maintained and diverted or all of those things as a tournament like this magnitude wraps up. And what I mean it's by very that tough. Is you have you have the distance competition or showcase that's about to take place, which is keeping the crowd involved and exciting. Now you have our MPO side, at least, having various obligations of doing long-form interviews, doing, of course, an interview immediately following their their tap-in, but then also a longer-form interview as part of Tournament Central. You sometimes then have a a runner-up interview if they graciously oblige, like Nick Loss did last year, like I had uh, Bradley Williams do this year. And then Bradley Williams was also doing some stuff with Jeff Panis of Innova from a media perspective. And Bradley, at that point, wasn't around or or really even notified that the awards were taking place
1: yeah he was like doing an interview down he was doing something
0: with jeff panis i believe or he might have been talking to me at the time or whenever that's the only thing that i don't know how we fix that i don't have a a solution because there are so many different things going on and now there's more media obligations than ever but i hate the idea of any competitor especially a podium finishing competitor somehow not around and available for the work for the awards
1: and for the recognition that they deserve yeah
0: assuming they want to be there Mm -hmm. and sometimes they may split because they lost in a heartbreaker or had a bad day or a bad weekend uh and 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 closed out poorly and they just want to split that's one thing I, i wish they'd still be there but if it's if it's another obligation holding them up from getting on the awards podium that D- that well, disheartens me. For some, and I, 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 and I'm not picking on this event. I'm saying this is generally speaking. I really hope we can find a way to always avoid that. Yeah, that's, th- that's a special moment. It really is.
1: And the end of these big events can be uh, an, chaotic. Uh, chaotic, and because the media has one plan, so the DGBT has one plan. Like I know they, it's the guys in the booth, or the guys in the control room, and not that we should have any sway over what's going on at the event. But they want, they don't want to hang around. After the event, like a lot of uh, the, the, the long drive competition, the over the lake thing. I'll tell you what, those guys in the control room don't care about that. Like the, the, the awards, most of the time, we don't even want to hang off the awards. Cause a lot of times we don't know if it's going to be five minutes after the round or 35 minutes after the round. And I know we've, I've heard a lot of people say, man, DGPT and DGN, they should be live for those awards every time. And it's like, you're putting a lot of pressure. That's that's, you know, that's a half hour, maybe. Of, on top of a 12-hour day. Uh, well, just of trying to fill time. Yeah, that too. So, and, and then, so then you then you have to coordinate. So let's just say, play pretend. I thought about this. Like, well, maybe you could go tournament finishes, then you do tournament central, and then the awards. But then you're telling that the, the event that they need to go by DGN's schedule of when tournament central lasts. And that could be 20 minutes. It could be 30 minutes, depending on how tournament central goes. It's just it's very difficult, the coordination between everybody, and sometimes things get overlooked, and it's its unfortunate, but I, I think we definitely can do better, and when I say we, I mean as a sport, not just our DGN, not necessarily tournament directors or PDGA, the coordination will get better, but I, I, in the last couple of years, I have seen some things that it's like, ah, oh, man that sucks for so and so that could have been better that sucks for the event that so and so didn't know this we'll get there i truly believe it
0: yeah and i and i brought this up specifically because they're from his own mouth you could essentially pick up a little bit of uh fresh frustration slash disappointment is a better word in which you know bradley didn't have that moment to be on the stage after such an incredible finish Mm -hmm. and he wasn't whining let me be very clear nothing of the sort uh it it just like i said when you're when you're top three at something like a major this is his best finish um, at a major exactly so um you can understand wanting those few moments additional moments potentially so i'd love to see it all right, we're gonna switch it up for just a few seconds. Okay, you got anything else? USDGc, throw Pink before I move on.
1: No, uh, Arch Arch Ar, 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 Archibald asks why I was there. Yeah, tell Good me about it. Freaking question! I don't know. No, because I, I did honestly plan on doing <sighs> some some watch along parties this weekend. I was gonna dedicate some time to do that on Tuesday night after. The broadcast ended. I was thinking, I'm like, man, my, my, I even said my wife's gone for the weekend. I went to work on Wednesday, and I looked at flights. And I usually fly Delta because that's what my... Like
0: flight numbers? You Look- looked at flight numbers? You paid attention? Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the airplane I was in was a 7514. <laughs> I don't know. No, um, I, I looked at flights, and I was like, oh, man. And Delta, who, is, who I use for work, I looked, and I had some Delta credits. From a canceled flight. And I looked and they expired at the very end of this year, like twelve thirty one twenty three. And I sat and thought, I'm like, it was six hundred dollars in credits. And I was like, Well, is there anything else I'm gonna use it for this this year? It's like I can't think
0: of anything. One way ticket to somewhere, I wish. <laughs> Tell me about it, Terry. <laughs> anywhere away from you. Yeah, you could give me that. I'll take a one-win. <laughs> no,
1: it actually one. said non-transferable, too. Damn it. Because otherwise, I, I would have thought about you transferring it to somebody. sold
0: it to me for $200. So I,
1: I looked at the flights, and I was like, all right, how much is it going to cost? I didn't know. So I looked at Thursday and Friday flights. Friday was actually more expensive. It was like $750. Thursday was 650 I had $600 in credit, and I just literally made the decision, <laughs> I'm going to pay the 50 bucks and go down to USDGC. So I... I, Wednesday night, I booked a ticket for Thursday morning and I got in my car Thursday morning and I drove to the airport, got on a plane, took an Uber from the airport to the event. And what I, was that? About 60 bucks? 40. 40. Okay. 40, because it, it was about 25 minutes yeah,
0: okay.
1: from the Charlotte airport to oh, Rock no. Hill. So it was Crossing
0: a, a, state lines, folks.
1: Crossing state lines. You're allowed to do that. You are. So- Ooh, You it, are. It, uh, well, I'm allowed to cross every state line, Terry. <laughs> For now, I'm working on that. So that that that's why I went to USCGC. It had nothing to do with media. I just I was fortunate enough to, you know, talk with a lot of the media guys when I was there. It's always really nice to get to see those guys face to face because they have to listen to me more than Terry does um, during broadcasts. I'm constantly in their ear. In fact, one of them looked at me and went, "You're the voice in my head." I was like, "Yeah, mm. that's me." Lucky you. So just getting to hang out with them and talk, that was great. Getting to see a bunch of people who, you know, many of which I have only met via chat boards or talked with online or some people who I haven't seen in a decade. I, I don't think I've seen Schwebby in person in 10 years. Um, getting to see him, we went to the putting competition that night at uh, at Slow Play.
0: Yeah. And and
1: so there were, so there was a lot of things I got to see and meet. And and for anyone that came up and said hi, or said that they enjoyed the podcast, but for Terry and I, thank you very much. It was, it was really fun to get back to USDGC and see how big that event has become just monstrous. The vendor village was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know I, you know, aired my slight grievance with the, the rules earlier tonight, But one thing I would I will never, ever doubt is the professionalism of that event, the quality of event they put on and the effort that they put in, because it is a hands down. Bigger and better than almost any other event, just the way it works, just the way it is. Um, The closest thing I think that comes to it is like GBO and the block party. Having that, the number of vendors and the food and whatnot. But that's, you know, later in the night. That's kind of, I mean, Emporia's not that big. But it is off-site technically from the courses. This is right there. Right across the street from the course. Right next to two other courses. <laughs> mini courses, may that, you know, may they be. I, this event is huge. And they cater to almost everything. It's great.
0: Yeah, and it, it has... Really uh it, it was awesome that it was its twenty fifth anniversary. That was another everything, every, reason. yeah, everything that we saw this year was uh was truly incredible. And the diversity of the vendors, the manufacturers, the the different organizations doing all the different things that are out there and, and everyone from the PDGA, you know, tent offering up things to uh a couple of different now we have a couple of different um, you know, uh Apps and and gadgets that are working on uh, measuring things for your discs. Uh, we'll continue to talk about those as they uh, both progress. Uh, artistic things, food vendors, uh, beverage carts—just you know, an entire whole number seven. As many of you saw, entirely decked out, uh, the Zuka Center, decked out by Zuka uh and to see jason and the crew and then like i said all the different disc manufacturers a couple other media teams that's the one the i was telling like foundation you foundation out there
1: that's the one crew i didn't get a chance to meet was the zuka crew like yeah. I, I i just every time i i tended to walk around it because there's always people surrounding it and i don't know those guys like you know them but i wanted to go in and introduce myself at some point but i didn't know where they were or if they were even in there because i don't really know them so i didn't get a chance to kind of check that place out other than walking yeah. around it. It so. was
0: uh, a lot lot of good stuff going on out there for sure. All right. I am ready to prepare a little over 12 hours ago. I've got uh, all lined up a Smashbox exclusive. What? Completely exclusive here on Smashbox and a few other people know, but not I knew. the rest of the world. So here is your exclusive. Pablo Genesis Macbeth was born 7 pounds, 10 ounces at 8.31 a.m. this morning. I'm going to assume that is Eastern time um, because they were down in the Eastern time zone. But 8.31 a.m. this morning, Hannah and Paul welcoming Pablo Genesis Macbeth into the world. Uh, Baby and Hannah are doing well are doing good and healthy. Paul was and is a superhero through all of it. And uh, Hannah said uh she went uh and h- had him naturally. So talk good for good for you, Hannah. God bless you, Hannah. That's right. uh, she <laughs> she says it was a lot. I don't think anyone would dispute otherwise. <laughs> uh so uh congratulations. Very and, Very cool. Again, and it, Pablo, course, Genesis, Macbeth. Of course she'd have it on a Tuesday. Of course. It's Smashbox exclusive. Smashbox
1: exclusive. It uh, also, only makes
0: sense. Also, uh, they are going to be able to enjoy a Smashbox TV a onesie that is already there. And uh, she said, excited for when the onesie will fit here, hopefully soon. So, um and and uh yep. we we just have to assume that he's that Pablo's already getting uh offers from disc manufacturers, sponsorships. I would, I would assume so. I, yeah, I, I would think so as well. So there you go. Again, Smashbox yep. exclusive. Yeah, we and, sent
1: we sent we sent the baby and Hannah a onesie. I could not find a onesie to fit Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. I looked. Oh, I've got one for him. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have to wear this uh this thing and then he 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 would be in front of me, but uh we'll make it all work. It's a so, little awkward. I'm again, seriously though, uh couldn't be happier. Uh, the best news of course just being that uh Hannah and uh little Pablo all healthy and everything good to go. So, congratulations on uh I was just looking at the date again. 10 10 2023. So, congratulations to them bravo man and uh I, I i'm just thinking of course i'll be in bend starting tomorrow i'll be in the booth this weekend give a little heads up on what few of the details we know myself along with valerie for the fpo in the mornings and then it's myself along with nate Doss, and i believe sexton's coming to town again and it will be us as a three-man booth this weekend
1: We didn't even talk about the three-man booth at USDGC. Kenny joined, and uh, there was a lot of talk about Kenny and how good he was, how great his voice sounded. His voice sounded less raspy than I recall from back in the day. You know, he always kind of had a a deeper raspy voice. It feels a little bit smoother now. Um, Still got a a good gravel to it, but not quite what it used to be. Um, Very well received, I would say, Kenny in the booth. I know that day one, there was a lot of internet chatter about the three of them and just not really being cohesive mm-hmm. with each other. As you, you know, you could expect as normally you have Ian and Philo in the booth, but adding a third person, it it, it takes a while to get that rhythm down. Kind of like what you Nate and Nate have. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of communication, but days two, three and four were much better. So it was, uh, I would say Kenny was well-received. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of him next year based on some of the conversations that we had. It didn't seem like a commentary gig was in his future, not a regular one. Maybe we see him again at USDGC next year, maybe a Worlds or something, but I don't believe he is going to be like a regular on the tour.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of, well, I know, a lot of people have said that, that they want more Kenny, they thought he was great, uh, v- v- you know, very few, few people said otherwise, and even if they do, you, you, you it's, can't it's please everybody. Exactly. Uh, as you just said, it's just schedule wise. It's that's not practical. It will be interesting to see what other events he shows interest in. I'm sure he would be a welcome member if he was showing interest in being at a few of the other events or any of the other events. But that that largely is just going to go to the schedule. And and I
1: I could see the southeastern events. Maybe he does like the south or the Florida Open, something like that. He knows the threat on the Mountain course. Uh oh, 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 uh, not Worlds because that's been Virginia, but a USDGC. Maybe a, maybe a Champions Cup, even though no one's going to know the course. So really, yeah. but things like that, I think
0: yeah. he's he is uh, he's got uh, a number of things going on in his life, including a couple of near either adult or near adult age kids, along with a younger one that's eleven and an eleven year old daughter. And and you see him light up when he talks about yeah. his family and his current life and his obligations. And I'm not saying we're not going to see him. I'm just saying, if do not take it to the bank. If you're thinking you're rolling, uh, you know, Kenny commentary, seventeen out of twenty-four events next year. That that's not going to happen. Clearly, most of the world would openly accept it and gladly yeah. accept it. As would I. I'm here for it. I we get all that, but just keep in mind, he still has uh, a whole other life that is entirely separate from disc golf at the same time as mm-hmm. legendary as he is so that's what i'll say uh it was great to see him i've talked to him and had a few conversations with with him over the last few years and and you know i know he was uh, i was there when he had originally tried to play his last USDGC, and then ultimately withdrew. So on and so forth. Him and I actually had talked a few months ago when there was conversation about the the throwdown property and everything else that's been taking place. So it's great to see him and have him involved. And again, I, we take him at any point with open arms, but don't don't. And take I don't. The bank.
1: I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I I I, I was standing there chatting with him and a couple other people and someone asked if he was going to you know play more as well because we got to see him play in the skins and he sure. he flat out said he's like I can't. He's like I can play now around without pain. Cuz Kenny had some back issues mm-hmm. and I think a hip issue, but he said the next day I'm sore. He's like like really sore. And if I play two days in a row, not only am I playing sore the next the 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 second day, but the third day he's like it's almost debilitating. Yeah. So he just he can't play. He, he says, I would need like a day between each round mm-hmm. in, or, in order to compete. He's just not in the condition uh, due to, you know, whatever injuries he's had to be able to compete on a regular basis. So and, I, you know, I, I think he has come to grips with that. I think he even had said that at some point it was a little dark for him. Yeah. Just realizing that his career was kind of over and that he wasn't able to to do this. But now he's really, thanks to, I think, family and now he's just getting healthier and a little bit of reinterest in the disc golf community. Because he, he told me, he's like, I watch live. Someone asked him about the post-production stuff. He's like, I don't know. I watch live. And it's like, thanks, Kenny. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, But he just, he is dipping his toe back into the disc golf community after being out for a little while for whatever various reasons. So I'm like you, I'm really excited to see if we can get a little bit more of him and continue with our wonderful 12 time champion. Yeah. 12 time open champion. Cause I think he's got a masters or two in there. Yeah. Uh, three, three. I thought he had two. That's fine. He probably has three. I'm yeah, very I'm well. Three.
0: That sounds about right. He,
1: I don't think he counts those very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he <laughs> holds those with a little
0: less weight. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, and and someone said there's something about flying him out it, again. It 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 just I, I'll say I'll just say this one last time. It's not from. It will never be from a lack of the media side wanting or accepting of him it will always be on his schedule so it's not as if uh someone's like oh no no actually we've got we've got our our team all lined up for such and such so we don't really we don't want you there that weekend kenny that's never going to be i'm, I'm going to go ahead and just assume he essentially has an open invite so if he did want to show any interest in any given event uh there's a way that he would be worked into it so good to see uh and then on the fpo side well i was going still talk about kenny the skins match was a lot of fun. Yes. Wa- for wa- sure. Watching
1: him and Barry and uh, Sexton, Sexton and shoestrick. Yeah. Shoestrick can, let me say shoestrick still crushes. Yeah. He, he threw a shot on hole three that I don't think anybody all event got to where he was. And I believe you can watch it out on DGN right now. If you want to interest in the in the skins, it's out there. You can see where he was on hole three. <laughs> and then He almost misses the Mando from there, but it's, it's a whole nother story. Um, Amazing. And then to be putting left handed, he had his moments. He missed a few uh, putts that I don't think Will normally would miss if he were throwing righty, but he can't. It it was great to see people who have probably never seen Ken Climo throw in person. Yes. Like, I I bet you at least 60% of that crowd has never seen him throw in person.
0: Mm.
1: And you could look around and see so many of our pros just walking along so they could watch this. And that's what made me smile turning around and seeing guys that are on tour who are excited to see Kenny throw because they never got to witness it. And of course, you've got a bunch of old heads like us that are just smiling because we know, you know, we know what Kenny can do. And he, he showed it even on hole seven when he, when he pumped the crowd up and then parked the hole. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so,
0: just the fact that yeah. you you watched him throw the shot you did on hole one right out of the gate after, mm-hmm. you know, doing commentary for the previous three hours and then yeah. steps up onto the tunnel shot on hole one and think about the dozens, if not hundreds, of times hole one hit was hit by you know. Someone hit a tree or a mando or whatever on hole one, and then you watch Kenny lace it right down the middle of the fairway. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just, it was very cool and very incredible. So, uh, yes, make sure you go out there and consume that when you can. And then I was just going to say quickly on the FPO side, yes, we uh, also had uh, the, the, I don't want to say subtle, but yeah, smooth, subtle um very even keel voice of one juliana corver along with zoe andike and then hosted uh in the play-by-play uh perspective was charlie eisenhood did i see or did i hear i should say charlie eisenhood um going with team tatar a little bit here this weekend. He is, I think. You- and, and I told him, I said, I hope to God, because I wasn't watching online, I was just uh, <laughs> listening in a little bit. I said, I hope to God he got blasted the way I did after I went all that, in un- on t- the pronunciation. Un-ta-tar. Yeah, on yeah, Tatar. Just in Tatar. in uh, Yeah. I mean, hope he-, he got blasted. As, or or did people give him the pass, because it's Charlie, and he's no, so well, think- good-looking. <laughs> please that guy <laughs> uh, he's like four foot
1: two i swear to god that guy <laughs> that guy's tall. i don't care how tall he is <laughs> um no i i, I <laughs> you think you're you. I, I am a heightist. i'm you not asshole. gonna lie that's the other thing how many people terry came up to me oh my god. And, and said oh wow i wish you, i had a nickel you, so i wish i had a nickel for everyone that came up to me like wow you're taller you're than tall. you're, you're taller than I expected. Like, I know you said you were tall, but would come up and look up as, t- as you and I are standing mm-hmm. next to each other um, because they're like, you don't look that tall on camera. And it's like, well, I do funny things. Um, but anyway, yes, I think you took the brunt of that. uh ta And everybody at that point was like, Oh my God, he's saying tartar or something dumb. And then it, people realized after a lot of persuasion that no, that's pretty close to how you pronounce it. So Charlie got to slide in on the back end and be like, "Oh yeah, Miller took all the heat. I'm just going to more or less say what Miller says, and everyone now is now accepting of it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he got. I don't think he got the heat you did there. No I way. know it's not fair. You're a trailblazer. <laughs> I'm not saying by by <laughs> pronouncing someone's
0: name right. <laughs> and I, I <laughs> or closest close to right. Yeah, I was get. just gonna say. Let me be very clear. We could still argue. That I, it is not perfect, no, it's, um, and and every once in a while I will continue to accidentally revert back to. Yeah, I saying said tatar to totally. tonight, but I, I I am I'm fully accept, uh, accepting of all of those criticisms. However, still going to continue to forge forward with a closer version of correct than what we have been doing. Okay, way to go, Terry Miller. Uh, way I to go, Charlie skating by as you say. <laughs> All right. Should we call it for a regular show? We can call it for the regular yeah, I think show. We're gonna call it for a regular show. We've, uh, what is that? Is that the right time? Yeah. So it's been. Yeah, remember, cold. we started an hour early. Today. I know. That's why I'm all thrown off here tonight. Things are things are definitely a little crazy. Well, with that, we've got a few other t- subjects, things we could talk about in the after show. We'll also have a giveaway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a lot of weird ideas in my head. Um, Thank you so much to Holland, of course, for joining us. Congrats to Kyle Klein. I reached out to Kyle. Uh, we had talked to Kyle, actually, like Johnny said, at the... Uh, top golf. The top After, golf, after, after he after, won. After he had won, and uh, he, I don't know if he was confused. He's probably sleeping, if I know Kyle. Uh, but I did reach out to him today. I didn't get a response back, um, and uh, so he's ghosting me, and I'm going to tell his daddy. And... Uh, but congratulations, of course, to Kyle and Holland and the rest of the crew out there at the Throwpink and the USDGC top-notch event here this year. And I, I think it was on display better than ever for a lot of the things Johnny was talking about, and just the way everything went down. And then treated to uh, some pretty good golf overall on both sides. It was definitely awesome. Allen, our champion from throw pink for Johnny V. I'm the disc golf guy. We're going to stand down for just a few moments, reset the stream here on YouTube. So don't go anywhere. Then we'll come back. We'll have an after show. We'll have a giveaway. We'll talk about things more disc golf and non-disc golf related. And we'll take it from there. Smashbox TV podcast, 475 in the books. We'll see you in the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name
1: is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox tv.